Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it's Friday, September 28, 2007. On today's show, we continue with reviewing the new fall season. We look at what else is coming up movie-wise. We look at, uh, well, just fall movies all over the place. There's a lot of stuff coming out. But first of all, I'm going to uh, to play a little audio comment that was sent uh, from the folks at Never Was. You're listening to Poptopia, and everyone at Never Was would just like to say... There you have it, folks, the world's youngest podcaster right there. And uh, that's, of course, the folks from Never Was, which is a fine fantasy uh, novel and short story podcast uh, produced by Terry McLean. And that is found at www.mclaanweb.ca. That's M-C-L-E-A-N Web ca slash never was and check it out if you if you love fantasy stuff and you love uh you know like the whole patio book phenomenon this is one you definitely need to check out so um let's get back to uh to some of the new tv shows i already went through sort of when everything is is premiering and all that kind of stuff and so now i'm going to get into uh into some reviews so first off on uh, tuesday watch the reaper series premiere really enjoyed it no big surprise. Everyone who's listened to the show knows I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. But the thing is, and the thing, to, the real key thing to remember here is, although he directed the pilot, the fact is, it's uh, it's not his show, and it's not all him. And so, uh, so he's, you know, it's one of those things where he's going to get uh, praised for everything that goes right with it, and uh, and anything that goes wrong in future episodes, you know, uh, it'll be, oh, see, they should have stuck with Kevin Smith. And I don't know if that's fair. So it'll be interesting to see, sort of see how it comes out. First off, for uh, for a Kevin Smith-directed uh, episode, it, it the visual style was, was kind of surprising. It seemed uh, there was a lot more going on, uh, you know, angles-wise, uh, certainly in the action side of things. Um Next, uh, next is just the idea of how uh, the characters work together, and the characters play off each other really well. The whole premise of the show is you've got a guy who's uh, uh, it's his 21st birthday, and uh, he learns that his parents sold his soul to the devil. First off, casting wise, the devil is played by Ray Wise perfect perfect casting i mean you just couldn't ask for better uh to play the devil and he does really a really good job of it you know having that whole bit of slimy evil going on right there um i think one of my favorite parts of the whole episode is basically he gets handed a weapon and the weapon is uh, a dustbuster and the whole idea is that he's he's being uh, contracted as a bounty hunter for the devil, for for souls that have escaped hell, and uh, he's got to send them back. So he gets this dustbuster, and I guess you know, much like the uh, the weapons in Ghostbusters, you know, the whole idea is you got to sort of suck up the spirit. So so he's supposed to use this, and of course, after the first battle, the batteries run out. So they need to charge it. So you get the big action scene with the run up to the charger, and the next scene is him sitting watching it charge, and it was just like. Of course, of course, that's how it would go. Um, you know, it's it's like when you go for that cordless drill, and it never it's never got a charge in it when you need it, right? So you got to wait for it to charge. It's just like that. Um, anyway, lots of funny stuff in this episode. They um, really, really got into uh, in, in, into some interesting things, sort of circumventing the usual um, uh, the usual tropes for for an action show. And you you know, usually it would f- at first be like, I can't tell my friends about this, but of course he lets them know right away. Um, uh, anyway, really interested in this one. I did notice a lot of similarities between this and Chuck. Um, you know, just as far as the, uh, um, you know, they they all work in the electronics place, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so that's, you know, inter- just interesting, this whole sort of simultaneous creation kind of stuff. 
what else did I watch? I watched Kane that night. Kane I was a bit iffy on. Uh, Kane's very much sort of the primetime soap kind of thing. I'm a big fan of Jimmy Smith's um, and and generally love the stuff that he does. I really love the stuff that they were doing. Uh, the, the basis of the show is that it's a family who runs a sugarcane business. And it's the whole, um, you know, are we going to sell it to uh, to a distillery to ma- who makes rum with it? Are we going to stick with our own thing? What are we going to do? Um, I, I, sorry, actually, I think they are making rum out of it. And it's like, do we sell this out to someone else? What do we do? Um, and so uh, there, there's a whole lot of neat sort of corporate intrigue that's going on there. And I found that much more interesting. Then you get into the the sort of the family stuff. And, of course, you got the uh, the high niece who wants to go to the uncle's uh, nightclub and etc etc and you just know this is where it starts to get really really soapy and i shouldn't be surprised it's clearly a primetime soap um the the primetime soap formula in in this sort of way where it's more of an adult thing uh hasn't worked in in quite some time it works very well with sort of the uh um you know the the uh late high school through uh, early college kind of kind of thing you know you got your one tree hill you got uh you know shows along those lines uh gossip girl oc all that kind of stuff but um the, the, when they start focusing on the adults and that kind of thing, it it, it seldom works as well. And, um, you know, the OC sort of balanced that by focusing on the kids for the most part and then having bits with the with the adults as well. Uh, in this one, it's, it's definitely adult heavy. And, you know, I think back to a show like Pasadena that lasted two or three episodes several years ago. And, and that seems to be sort of the territory that they're mining. So I think they could have a tough go of it. Um, next up, private practice and dirty, sexy money. Private practice was completely forgettable. Um, you know, it's, this is the Grey's Anatomy spinoff. Um, you know, got, got some great actors. You got Tay Diggs, you got, uh, uh, Tim Daly and, uh, Amy Brenneman. And it, I, it's just hard to care about these characters at this point. And, uh, and, you know, there seems to be a whole lot of sort of the silly side of, you know, just like it happens on Grey's Anatomy where it's, where it's, you know, the sort of the silly side of what they do. And, um, and, and so I just didn't find this to be a particularly strong episode. Maybe it's going to improve. I, I hope it does because, uh, they've certainly invested a lot in this and man, I just want to see Tim Daly stick around on a series for a while. It would be nice. Um, up next was Dirty Sexy Money. And I watched the first half hour of this and was thinking, I'm not digging this much at all. But as it got further in, I realized just how dark the comedy of it was. And uh, and, and that's the the real key here. This is, of course, starring Peter Kreisa, uh, who we remember as uh, Casey in Sports Night. Um, so you know I was going to watch right from the beginning. Um, and he was also, of course, Nate in Six Feet Under. He plays... A lawyer um, who uh, does some work for a very, very rich family. Uh, his father, in fact, worked for them for years, was sort of their closest counsel. And uh, when he dies in a plane crash, um, the family uh, patriarch, played by Donald Sutherland, uh, tries to convince um, Peter Krause's character, um, who's na- uh, Nick, uh, to, uh, to stay on and work for the family. And of course, he doesn't want to do this, but basically... Uh, you know, Sutherland backs the truck up with the with the dollars, and so um, you know this gives him an opportunity. This gives uh, Nick an opportunity to pursue charitable work and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, this family is just a mess, an absolute mess. You've got uh, um, the uh, one of the Baldwin brothers who's playing a. Uh, um, a, a lawyer, uh, an attorney general, actually, who's going to run for state senate, and. Um, has you know sort of an involvement with a uh, a transvestite prostitute a theme that 
is also showed up has also shown up in a couple of other in another pilot uh and i'll get to that um and so you know he's got his dark secret uh samira armstrong uh, who we remember from the oc and from entourage uh she plays one of the kids as well and she has uh um embarked on an acting career and really isn't very good at it, and she's just kind of trying to find out what she wants to do uh you've got another uh a brother who's a priest who uh <laughs> has a uh, you know an illegitimate child that he's trying to get into a fancy school and he just hates Nick and just a, a whole mess of characters and it, 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 you know, like I say, that first hour, half hour was pretty weak. It was a lot of the setup of it. But once they really got into it, it, it I was absolutely riveted. And uh, then, of course, you get into the big mystery, and that is how did uh, Nick George's father die? And uh, so you know that that's going to be a part of it, and that's going to be one of the things that keeps him uh, keeps him around and working from the family is because he wants to know, you know, did they have something to do with the death of his father? So, uh, so that was uh, dirty, sexy money. I, like I say, I quite enjoyed that. Okay, so let's move on to uh, Bionic Woman. Uh, Bionic Woman, uh, basically, this comes from one of the producers of um, Battlestar Galactica, and in fact, stars uh, Katie Sackhoff as kind of the evil Bionic Woman, and. Um, let me start off by saying it, it was really good. I mean, it was it was a solid show. It was a, it was a great pilot. Uh, it'll be interesting to sort of see where they go with it, as far as how how the character, uh, um, you know, adjusts to sort of this this new life. Um, I loved some of the updatings that they did, uh, updates that they did to the uh, the actual bionic. Uh, characteristics and uh, some of the updates that they did to the technology that's that's involved. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on. Um, it, it got a bit bogged down in sort of the setup, you know, and it was all set up. Um, and there was still some good action in it, but uh, but you know, it was very exposition heavy and sort of getting us to uh, to to the basic starting point. And you know, that's fine and everything, but sometimes you want just stuff to hit the ground running and let's uh, let's reveal what we can as we go. And uh, but I'm sure that uh, subsequent episodes now that they've got a lot of the uh, issues that they've had as far as uh, as, you know, adjusting and, you know, changing showrunners and that kind of thing. Um, now they've got all that out of the way. I'm sure that the uh, show will improve vastly. Next life. Wow. Um, I, I really wanted to like this one. I, I like the premise. You've got a cop who basically gets uh, unjustly accused. He gets put in jail, which is a bad place for a cop to be. Um, and he's eventually exonerated after 12 years. The department settles for like an, an outrageous sum of $50 million. And uh, well, I wouldn't say ne that's necessarily outrageous for 12 years away. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but so he gets out and he's, you know, sort of discovered a whole Zen thing while he was inside. And um, so, you know, when they get they get to a crime scene, he's the one who's asking the dog questions because did anyone think to ask the dog? He was a witness, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, what it reminded me very much of is the show Blind Justice a few years ago. It came out just after um, NYPD Blue ended and this started. Uh, um, Ron something or other, uh, Ron Edlard, uh, Eldard, uh, who used to be on ER and then he was on Men Behaving Badly, that kind of stuff. Uh, he played a blind cop. And uh, so he had the, the, you know, nobody else really wanted him around and all that kind of thing. He had a different way of looking at things, quote unquote. And, and it's the same kind of thing. You've got sort of the uh, cop who's got a completely different perspective from everyone else and none of the other cops want him there and there's all kinds of conflict that way. And so it's very much like that. And I found it just to be very, very standard stuff. Um, 
I'll still I'll still check out another episode or two just to sort of uh, see where it all sort of finishes out and uh, and you know it's like I said the other day sometimes you get to the point where uh, a pilot isn't the only isn't the only thing and you want to sort of wait and and see sort of two or three episodes in because that's when they kind of got their writers room up and running and uh, and really have the ideas floating around and that kind of thing so so that's uh, that's life um, see what I did there that's life huh bum Next up was Big Shots. Watch this last night. This is Michael Vartan, uh, Dylan McDermott, Joshua Molina, and Christopher Titus. He's the guy I couldn't remember on uh, on Tuesday's show. And uh, basically, they are CEOs who have all sorts of problems because it's so hard to be rich. And it was it was pretty forgettable. Although they did have the uh, the you know the transvestite hooker uh, angle with uh, Dylan McDermott's character, so uh, <laughs> that seems to be another thing. You know, this is the year of the of the transvestite hooker, apparently. And um, yeah, I did, I found that the the characters didn't really have much to do. Uh, you know, Joshua Molina's got a problem because his mistress is is uh, now good friends with his wife, and oh, isn't it terrible? Isn't it hard to be uh, a rich guy who's just all messed up and all that kind of stuff? And yeah, it it, it uh, again could improve, but. Uh, you know what it felt like? It felt like a male uh, Desperate Housewives. In fact, even down to the way the logo looks. In, in the logo, you've got um, you've got the whole red and black thing going. And so, you know, big is in uh, red, shots is in black. You know, much like the Desperate Housewives logo. And even the theme sounded pretty similar. And it just sounded like there was very little original about this. Except for, hey, women sure dig the uh, Desperate Housewives show. Why don't we do something like that for guys? But what they're forgetting is... The subject matter of, uh, of 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 Desperate Housewives isn't necessarily all that interesting to guys, and so maybe, just maybe, what they're doing is they're trying to uh, to snare in uh, a demographic with something that isn't even meant for them. So I, I'm not sure what they're going for here, but I can see where they're going to have some struggles. Anyway, I had said that I was going to get to some fall movie stuff, and it's just not going to happen. Uh, we're already at uh, 14 minutes and about uh, 12 seconds, so so I'm going to pretty much wrap this episode up, and we'll uh, we'll get to some fall movie stuff coming up on Monday and uh, or Tuesday, somewhere around there. Anyway, in a few days, and we'll have some box office report and all that kind of stuff because I've been really kind of out of the loop with uh, box office over the last few weeks, uh, with uh, with all the traveling I've been doing, and, and I haven't really seen much in the way of movies over the last little bit. So uh, tonight, uh, Moonlight uh, premieres, so I'm going to be checking that out. And uh, hey, that's the show. That's all the time we got for today. So comments as always are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, head over to our website at poptopiapodcast.com and uh, click on the link for the forum. Join the forum. Join some of the discussions that are going on there. Start a discussion. It's a beautiful thing. Have a great week.